Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. I'm here with Yus. What's up, guys? Smash that subscribe button because we had a huge draw today in the Europa League against Galatasaray 0-0. Not too happy with this outcome, Adam. But, you know, it is a game that is going to be important coming into the next week when we play them in leg two. And then we have the uh, Classico. So I was kind of hoping we would take advantage. Not just the Classico. The Classico uh -huh. three days later, right? True. That's what makes this opportunity so sad is that... We've basically thrown away a chance at the Camp Nou to put away a tie, mm -hmm. right? I think if you look at what you and I predicted for this match, we <laughs> had us winning <laughs> by good. over three goals. And I think that was uh, not too far off of a prediction based off where Galatasaray are in their domestic league. Because I've seen things that they were like 16th two weeks ago and they, they won two in a row against relegation side. So now they're up to 10th. But overall, they've had a very poor season. And so we rightly expected us to come in and score more goals because we saw us score goals against, right, like four goals against, you know, Valencia. We had a lot of goals against Atletico Madrid, a lot of good goals against Athletic Bilbao. We beat Napoli pretty, you know, mm -hmm. beat them up pretty good at that second leg. And those are teams I would consider all better than Galatasaray. And I think the testament to how uh, awful this game went uh, compared to our expectations was the fact that our best player on the pitch doesn't even play for us right now. Right, and Yaki Pena <laughs> over as the goalkeeper sure. for Galatasaray on loan from Barca really had a wonderful game yeah, I totally and agree. showing that he can be a, uh, a backup for Ter Stegen. But why don't we just start off from the lineup use? Yeah, of course, Ter Stegen we had in the back. And then we had Eric Garcia actually in for PK starting with Araujo. And then Alba and Des, because like we said, Des is in while uh, Dani Alves is not signed up for the Europa League. Then the midfield, we had Nico in place of Gavi because uh, Gavi's out on yellow cards and he didn't start Busquets, which we've talked about before, saying let's not start Busquets. So that was for us. We were pretty happy about that. Then we had FDJ. And then Pedri. And in the front, we actually had a surprise. Depay's first start since he got injured in his calf a while back. Um, and then we had with him Ferran Torres in the middle. And then on the wing, right wing, we had uh, Adama Traore. So overall, I was kind of interested the fact that we started Depay when we haven't played him in so long as a starter in a game that we wanted to really go up. Although he did mm -hmm. come in as a substitute in our previous game. He scored a goal um, to get... Uh, I, winning goal, right, with yeah. that penalty. So I think for me, uh -huh. what struck me as the most weird is that we've used Ferran Torres a lot as a left winger. And mm -hmm. that's a spot where positioning and his dribbling and his ability to pass to Jordi Alba and to other teammates really pays off. But we, what we've said with uh, Ferran Torres on the left wing so much is... And everyone's saying this, right? He's just not finishing yet. And sure. it was odd to me to have him in a big Europa League tie again where we're at home and we have a chance to put it away. Have Ferran Torres start as like the striker in this formation. Um, you know, Memphis Depay hasn't looked great as a striker. Um, but I, I do think it would have been better for us to, to swap Ferran Torres and Depay on the field and have, you know, Ferran continue to play from the wing, which is where he's shown some, some very good spots of his game. And then I think... Listen, we don't have Gavi. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how Busquets and Europe, European uh, games where they're trying to press us and they're trying to push us, how uh, he's just not fast enough for that, that type of game anymore. So it made sense that we put Nico as a sub. But the issue was we had Frankie de Jong really playing in position for Busquets as that CDM. And I just felt like it kind of neutered his ability to come out and make an impact offensively. And then Nico, you know, very young, not trying to just 
be too upset at him, but just didn't have a very good game at all. And so it would have been much more um, beneficial for us, I think, to have Frankie DeJong playing and, you know, basically swapping them positions. Uh, then the back, Eric Garcia, you know, you and I are not the biggest supporters <laughs> or fans of Eric Garcia, but he had an overall okay game and was able to, you know, at least stop out one goal, I thought. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that's really my thoughts. Like the lineup wasn't that bad. And as we get into the game, after you talk about your lineup thoughts, use like, the game was just very meh all around, right? Mm-hmm. No one had like a disaster class. No one <laughs> had a huge brain fart. There wasn't like a, a giant issue that you can tear apart this game and point to. It's just overall, the team didn't play well enough as a whole. And, you know, Traore, uh, I thought was putting in too many crosses that were going nowhere. Dembele lost the ball a lot. But I'm rambling a l- little bit used because <laughs> this game was uh, a bit frustrating for me. So why don't you let us know your thoughts on the lineup and then how the game went on? Yeah, I mean, overall, I pretty much agree with you. I thought, though, Ferran Torres coming out into the beginning of the game, he had some good opportunities and good connections, good runs, I should say, with Jordi Alba connecting to him. And so I thought, you know, if that was how he was going to play the game, making runs into the box, uh, breaking off some defenders and trying to take opportunities, normally, right, we see him skying shots that he's open in or getting one-on-one with the goalie and skying those shots but in this game it seemed like he was trying to make runs position himself and try to take these opportunities but I think those opportunities just uh, got snubbed out early in the game and then after that he just fell short and so I, in every aspect I don't think he was making runs I don't think he was opening up space there was no connections with people I also thought um, you know I, I agree with you with the midfield. For example, Nico was not doing such a great job overall, and FDJ was definitely trying to facilitate a little bit more, not making... But I thought, you know, with Depay, Ferran Torres, and Adama Traore, I thought that would be enough offense that Frankie de Jong wouldn't have to move so far forward and create chances himself, because I think Depay was making opportunities, and he even had a pretty good free-kick goal uh, in the first half, I believe, or the second half, I don't remember. Um but overall, I think that the first half, we maintained possession a lot of the time. We just had a really hard time breaking their defense. And then we fell short when they countered us, right? We, we had a couple opportunities where we were pretty scared. We thought that the ball was going to go in. Um, luckily, Galatasaray are not the best goal scorers, as you can say, uh, see from their place in their league, as well as I think they've only won three games in the last 17. So really, this game should have been pretty dominating for us, and we should have been able to score early, but we just couldn't put the pieces together. We weren't connecting very well. No passes were connecting, like you said, with uh, Troy Skying uh, I mean, passes yeah, on, to- on that, man, for me, what was weird is, okay, so Troy is going to... So first off... This team parked the bus, right, in a way that we haven't seen in quite a while. Like, even in La Liga against some of the lower-level teams, I haven't really seen them park the bus this much. I mean, it was really a very negative play. It reminded me a lot of Napoli in the last 20 minutes of the first leg this season where you could just tell Galatasaray really had no interest in in ball possession at all and were only going to hit us on the counterattack, which is probably the best way for them to play against Barcelona. Uh, But it just felt like we hadn't honed our skills at, breaking through this type of offense, right? Because the the thing that that made most sense to me was, okay, they're going to park the bus a lot, so the best strategy for us is to cross it in and hope that we can score a header. And then for us to put on Luke Dijon so late in the game didn't make sense for me. And then the the, addition, the idea, if we're going to put Luke Dijon on, the idea to put on uh, take off Adama Traore so early was also weird because Traore was the one who was really providing a lot of crosses, although they were quite errant throughout the game. I, I do think we have to give Javi credit because he made the appropriate changes that we needed to see at halftime. Sure, right? I he totally puts on agree. Busquets for Nico. That was huge. He also made 
made the interesting choice to take out Araujo and put on Eric Garcia. Um, and I, I don't know, man. It, it's just it's kind of a buzzkill, right? Because we've had such a good month of February with where we came out against some big teams and had huge wins, right? We beat Napoli bad in that second leg. We beat Atletico Madrid for the first time in a while. And now we have round of 16 against a Turkish team that's not in the best spot. And we have a Clasico coming up, I think, on the 20th. So I was I was really hopeful that we were going to come out here and, and just kind of continue this gravy train of us putting up amazing performances, of Trara getting assists, of Dembele coming on and, and, and dazzling us, of Aubameyang putting some goals in, maybe Luke Dijong a late goal, and we just really didn't get that. And I just it's it's like a we have to harness this inside of ourselves because we mentioned this a lot throughout the season, even when Komen was here, when Javi took over, that this is a young team and there's going to be pullbacks, right? Sure. It's not like we're just going to continue to improve and you know soar off into the sky and, and, and just never have any drawbacks. And this is one of those games where there was a drawback. It's not the game I would have I, th- I thought would be the drawback, but here we are. And so some of these games, you just have to be like, all right, well, hey, we have 90 minutes left to prove that we belong into the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Uh, Galatasaray fans are pretty crazy and they're going to have a crazy home atmosphere and we might also have to do some rotations for Real Madrid and El Clasico but we have 90 minutes to prove we're a better team and we are a better team and I think you know it's not the worst case scenario here right it's not like we lost 2-0 or 3-1 or something sure I also think we kind of needed this game to play out the way it did in a sense because I think since uh we haven't had a lot of experience with this squad against European teams we've only really had La Liga and then we got decimated in the Champions League especially against Bayern Munich right I think we need a little bit like that first 90 minutes to adjust and figure out how Galatasaray are going to play or what their strategies are right I think Javi needs to see what's going on and then in the second leg he'll be able to kind of watch what happened deploy something different make up new tactics make up new plays to get around maybe parking the bus for Galatasaray find their weak points find their uh well what we were doing wrong what we did I think one thing that that goes into that and it's something I didn't see in this game right because Mm -hmm. I think you know, maybe Luke Dijon comes on earlier. Maybe we don't start Ferran Torres up front. We put him on the left wing, right? Those are some, o- and mm-hmm. we start Busquets, Pedri, and Frankie Dijon. Those are some obvious changes we can make in the lineup. I think tactically, there were quite a few times when when a team's counterattacking you, the best thing to do is to counterattack them back, right? Because they have all of a sudden, for the first time in the game, stopped parking the bus put forward some of their midfielders and attackers and I felt like there were opportunities after their counters where we could again counter them and the team didn't really seem like they wanted to do it. It seemed like, you know, our preferred method of attack is to, hey, let's get the ball, let's control it and let's move it forward methodically. And when that's not working right throughout the game, I think the best the best adjustment we could have made is we you know, we need to wait for them to get a counter and then we need to counter them back even harder. And I feel like that's probably something we need to take advantage of more in the second leg. But I also don't think they're going to park the bus, right? They're at home. They have their fans. They, have to score. they know they have 90 minutes to get like a legendary victory over FC Barcelona. So <laughs> they're going to play a much more open game. And I think in that type of style, our team and our quality will shine through. And, you know, I think the only thing we have left, right, is we got one La Liga game coming up before this big stretch mm-hmm. of uh, of Galatasaray second leg and then a Clasico. We got Osasuna coming up this Sunday. I will be alone because Yuse will be uh, away. So, Yuse, any final thoughts before we tell everyone to subscribe again? <laughs> uh, we just got to play better, man, and I think we will. We got one week coming in for you guys to get that after we destroy Osasuna. I'm pretty happy. Smash that subscribe button because we're going to bring you more content coming through and support Adam on Sunday's breakdown because, again, he'll be alone. Thank you guys for supporting us. Have a good day.